So, alright guys, we gotta get this one right. On three, we're gonna say welcome back to our extraordinary thoughts for our name mine. One, two, three. Welcome back to our extraordinary now before we get started with this episode don't forget to hit the subscribe button like this episode share this podcast and if you can do me a favor head on down to the review section and leave an honest review because this podcast was dedicated to helping us become a better version of ourselves. And I don't know what that version is, but I know that just like we need a little bit more money, just like we need a little bit more sleep, just like we need a little bit more of anything in life, we deserve to be a little better than what we are right now. All right, so. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, once once, once that record button hit, it just it just changes it for like a split second. You it know does. what I mean? Like I was I was talking to my old lady about it and I told her, I said it's funny doing this podcast, going on this adventure, because right. I've realized that as soon as I stop recording, that's when all the conversations that I wanna mm-hmm. have start happening. And it's always before and after where mm-hmm. where you know I'm getting everything that I want. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I hit record, you can see people kind of tiptoeing around what they want to say or trying to tone it down. But mm-hmm. either way, we ain't here. Both of us have been doing this for a minute. So Bro, man. You know what I love about this though is, is that it's always good energy. You see what I'm saying? It's always good energy. I like the fact that we both was tracking how to set this stuff up. You Facts. see what I'm saying? So it was just seamless of just getting everything situated and being being able to put the mics in the proper areas and stuff. All day, all day. Man, Man it's good to to link up with you. I know you've been over in Virginia doing your thing in I the maze. I hate that place. <laughs> I hate Virginia, man. Like, look, I'll tell you right now. I talk so much shit about California, and this is probably the reason why I'm over there now. Man. You know, and, and the reason, one thing that I learned is is that, don't get me wrong, California drivers still can't drive. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, traffic in California is still bad. But the weather, the weather and the energy that is just in the area, oh, my God, man. What's it looking like over there? It's gloomy. Mm. I mean, it's summer, and, yeah, in the summertime, like, it's more humid. You feel me? Like, it's real humid over there. But... Shit, I got there in the winter. I'm talking about like clouds and everything like that. You get out the car and you just like, Ugh, no, thank is... you. Send me back to the West. Man. Well, let me tell you, uh, I, I just recently found out, and I don't know why I just found this out, but uh, you know the cadence that don't let the green grass. I had no clue it was talking about uh, the Marine Corps, right? In reference yeah. to getting out of staying in and really? saying the grass is always green on the other side, right? Don't let. The green grass fool ya. Oh. Don't let it change your mind. So it's saying like you're looking on the other side of the fence thinking the civilian world looks great, but really the grass is just green over there because, you know, bro. Right. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I never I've been singing that for years. Right. And never knew that it was in reference to saying, hey, the grass is always green on the other side. Right. Don't let it fool you because grass is really green where you are. And where you water it. So it's like, that's crazy. Man. I'm still getting out. I'm still, I'm still getting out. No. It, it hit me. It hit me. <laughs> and it made me think for a little bit. You know what I mean? It made me think about it. You know, because you always hear about like people saying like, damn, you know, I'm gonna get, I can't wait to get out. I can't wait for this and stuff. But I feel like 
I don't want to, my one thing that I keep telling myself is, is that I don't want the, a bad experience to make me get out because regardless yeah. of the situation, if I don't resolve that bad experience, the moment that I come across another bad experience, I've already got it set in my mind that I'm gonna start running away and I'm gonna just. I don't know if we started this at a bad time, but it sounded like they're drilling something Bro, or what, jackhammering something in these hotel rooms. What the fuck? Like, so for just a little bit of a reference, we are at the uh, the Cora Inns over at Camp Pendleton. Yeah. And I don't know what they got going on in here, but if y'all heard that, somebody's jackhammering Man, right now in the background. I thought the building was about to get blown up. I ain't about to lie <laughs> to you. You know? It might be a reoccurring theme. I'll be able to, like... Like I, I knew I, I was wondering when 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 my brain get to clicking and stuff. Once it get to clicking and once it get to firing, man, it gets fired. Go. It gotta go. Yeah. And so just to go all the way back to it, man, like I was sitting back and I was having this dream. And in the dream, you know, I walk in on my old lady and she's having an affair. And, you know, like in most in most case scenarios, when you hear about that, you know, obviously like the man like, you know, flips out or he fights the other man or he fights both of them. And, you know, I always tell myself that that's what I would, you know, that's what I would do. Yeah. You, you, you see what I'm saying? But in my dream, I actually did the complete opposite. I did the complete opposite. And I walked away from the dream so bothered because of how I reacted. Yeah. Now, we always sit back and we talk about, like, you know, like, you know, being in touch with mental health and understanding who we are and, you know, self-care and being mind, you know, all that bullshit that's trending. But the natural trauma responses, you know, you have your fight or flight. Everybody's tracking fight and flight. You know, fight obviously means to, you know, fight against, you know, whatever's causing this issue with you. And flight is obviously to flee. But there's actually two more that we don't really discuss. And it's freeze and fawn. And when you freeze, obviously, you know, like, it's, it's exactly what it says. Like, yeah. you're, you're freezing. Like, oh, shit. You know, you ever seen somebody get like, you know, they get frozen in fear almost. And it's like essentially their brain going into a fear loop of trying to create the scenario to get themselves out. Yeah. But they can't. And then there's fawning. And when you fawn, you essentially are going with the flow to avoid any other issues. And a lot of, um, I'll say, uh, mid you see it with a lot of middle childs. Middle childs tend to fawn a lot. And the reason why is because like obviously they're always stuck in the middle. Mm. And they don't want to tip the scale either too much or too little. So they got to go with, oh, okay, I'm okay with what happened. Even if I'm not, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it. I'm just gonna take it. You see what I'm saying? Or you've seen like kids that are like they've been in like households where there was abuse and stuff, and they're just going with the flow of something, hoping that like it doesn't go too much. Like you know, like or you're trying to be the strong one because you know somebody else is like emotionally just broken. So you're just like. If I say this, then they're going to just flip out or it's yeah. going to bring them down. So a lot of people fawn. And in my dream, I fawned. And I, I, I couldn't believe that I was fawning. And I was sitting back. And when I woke up from the dream, I wasn't upset not at the circumstance of it. I was more upset with me. And, you know, I try to tell myself I'm confident. I try to tell myself that I'm all of these things, but in my brain, I showed, it essentially showed me who I really was or who I portray myself to be. Like, bro, I walked away from that dream. Like, is this how I, is this who I really am? Like, do I portray myself like this? Like, is this how I see myself? So are you saying that you feel as if the dream 
brought to your attention that you find yourself finding more than anything, just going with the flow just to, to find ease of comfort? I think so. Okay. And for, cause I, I feel the same way and you're a middle child, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Likewise. And I noticed that there was a lot of instances in my upbringing where I noticed, okay, well, if I respond this way, then this is the outcome. If I respond that way, that's the outcome. But if I just kind of let go with the flow, then there's a, there's a sense of comfort there. Mm -hmm. And it kind of leads into being an adult and going into doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the crazy thing is, is as I serve in the Marine Corps, I realize that in a lot of cases, that is what is wanted from Marines. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of scary because it's almost to say... Hey man, I don't give a fuck. We gonna keep going. This is what <laughs> this is what you need to do, right? And even if you feel there's a sense of that's not the right way to do it, or there's a better way to do it, the easiest course of action is just going with the flow. If the person is has your career in in their hands, you know, if that person comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm an authority figure, and if you, the way we move from this point forward is depending on." how you respond to the order that I've given you and Fawning would be saying, all right, you just gave me that order. I'm going to carry it out. Even if I don't agree with it, because it creates the best cause of action in regards to less friction. And I'm moving with that. You know, I will even go on and say this real quick is that the reason why toxic leadership is so prevalent within the military is because a lot of us fawned instead of just fighting towards the situation. Mm. And it's, I say that, I, and when I say that a lot of us didn't fight back, I don't say that in the sense of that they were cowards. I don't say that in that mind. I say it in this, is that it was easier to allow it to happen and allow it to pass than to fight against it or to speak out against it and either A, raise the situation or allow a series of events to unfold. Mm. So it's almost like, you know that term, weather the storm? Yeah. A lot of us weathered the storm with toxic leadership and we thought that the storm would settle or disperse, but unfortunately it ended up just getting bigger and spreading to everyone else. Do you think that when fawning, accepting those things that people don't realize that just because you're living in that moment, it doesn't mean that you will live that moment forever and to cause friction for the time being could create a better future for someone else. Maybe you don't get to see the benefit of it, but it has the potential to cause a better future for someone else because you're willing to fight the good fight in that moment, understanding that it'll cause you temporary discomfort for a better future for someone else. Because a lot of times we look at the five feet in front of us and don't realize that there is another hundred yards in front of us. And we turn those blinders on and only think for our personal experience, one, one dimensional, our experience and our experience alone, not understanding that if you go and you fight that good fight and there's something that needs to be brought up and it is expanded uh, to other people and other people's knowledge uh, or other people become aware of it, then you have the ability to then affect and impact, uh, you know, future experience for, for young men and young women. I feel like, you know, because this is something, this is a conversation I talk about a lot. You know what I mean? Mm. As far as we could easily put a stop to it if we spoke out. 
And the reward for that is understanding that, yeah, it happened to you. But because it happened to you, it'll be the last person that it will happen to. But lately, and, and this is something that like goes back into the whole idea of fawning, is that is the rain really worth the rainbow? Gotcha. Is dealing with the rain, and, and, and once again, this is just me playing like essentially devil's advocate towards it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to speak out towards it. Yeah. You know, but I also, that dream made me look at other people's situations. And then thinking about just hindsight, my past situations, you know what I mean? Is the rain really worth the rainbow? Let me rephrase that. Is the rainbow really worth all the rain? Like everybody always says, weather the storm, trust the process. I feel like honest to God, they speak from a place where they're no longer there. They're speaking when they pass it. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, like imagine driving from across the country. It's easy for me to say, yeah, that drive sucked. Talk to me while I'm on the drive. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's easy when somebody says, like, they get to the top of the mountain and they say, like, hey, you got to work as hard as I do. You got to grind like I do. But where was let, let me hear his point of view when he was climbing that mountain. I, and I can I can attest to that. I had I remember as a, a young, I think, PFC, I was considering getting out the Marine Corps. I was mm-hmm. like 110 percent hell ridden on getting out the Marine Corps. I'm done. And I was sitting on the top of this. Uh, we were on the top of a mountain. We were at a range. And I talked to this staff sergeant. He told me, he said, look at me. I'm a staff sergeant. Anybody mess with me? And I was like, nah, really? Nah, I don't see anybody, you know, coming, trying to, you know, move you or tell you to do anything. You're just kind of on your own program. He was like, you don't think that at some point you'll get to where I'm at? And I was like, yeah, I can see that. And that that brings light to the exact same thing that you're saying right now is you get people or someone that has weathered the storm and gotten to a position where they're comfortable and... I don't want to say they forgot what the storm felt like because I don't think that that's the case in all cases. They just don't realize that the storm is different for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe maybe it was uh, a light drizzle for you, but a monsoon for me, you know, and. And honestly, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like. It's hard to sit back and recall who you used to be when you currently, you know, because we sit back and we talk about being mindful so much, like to live in the present, mm. you know, to recall on the past is like, you know, like, why am I so worried about my past when I got my future right ahead of me? You know, why am I so worried about the then when I need to be worried about the now? It's easy, you know, and I feel like this is something that's always separated me from most leaders is that I never forgot PFC Thigpen. I never forgot Lance Corporal Thigpen. I never forgot Corporal Thigpen. You feel me? I, I'll never forget Sergeant Thigpen. So each time that I did move up, yeah, I'm moving forward, but I'm still tracking the things that happened back then, mm. you know? And it makes me sit back and it, it makes me recall, like, was the storm worth it? Was the, was the rainbow really worth it at the end? And here we are like now, you know, we're, we're, I mean, we could say that we're, we're successful. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We are successful. You know, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do and we're, we're doing the things outside of what we're supposed to do. Mm. But now I ask myself those questions of who am I? Who do I portray now? And is the process like is the ending like worth everything going through this now? And as you're saying that, are you speaking in, uh, to something specific to you? 
I, I honestly, I, I believe so. I believe so. And, and this is why I always try to, and this is to be honest with you, bro. I'm going to just be a hundred percent. I would rather to, to looking at it now and saying to myself, like, I know there's something bigger. I know that there's something bigger that I want to do. You know what I mean? Is this something that I want to continue doing? And like, we always sit back and it's easy to tell us that, you know, you just gotta, you gotta make it to 20. You know, you gotta grind it out. But we rarely talk about the grind. You know, it's easy just to say, you know, you gotta grind it out. Do I really want to continue to keep waking up? You feel me? Do I like waking up with those, do I gotta do this again? Do I gotta fake it? And that was, essentially, I felt like that's what the dream showed me too. Like I'm not me. I'm not being my authentic self. Yeah, I'm 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 putting up a front. You got a governor on you right now. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it right there. And that shit becomes draining after eight to ten hours. You know what I mean? And doing it every single day. Do Do you feel that potentially? You know, after as you're going through that, as you're pretending, or let's say you're putting on a front in order to show face for what it is you're talking about is it taking energy from what it is that you really want to do or the things that you find pleasure in doing and that's an, and that's it right there you know is that moving forward you know i always told myself that i would leave the moment that i the moment i stop having fun with it i'll be done with it mm. you know what i mean i think drake said it the best mm. the moment that i stop having fun with it i'll be done with it and i feel like now the more i continue down this path I feel like I'm being pulled away from what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like, and I I feel like everything, things happen on purpose for a purpose and things serve a purpose. And I remember I told somebody, I was like, the military is a stepping stone. Like, it's a great place for you to, it's a great place for you to figure out who you are, figure out what you want to do. And a lot of times the issues is, is that like, you know, and to go back to what you said, like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, you know, the biggest issue that a lot of people have when they get out of the military is, is because you didn't spend those four years. You didn't spend that 20 years learning who you were. You spent those 20 years being told who you were. Hmm. And now that you're not being told who you were, you're trying to figure out who you are, but you don't have the comfort of the military to be able to, you know, to help you do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why, like, when you 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 be seeing, like, those sergeant majors and them mass sergeants and stuff like that, 20 years of military service, and they about to go work at fucking Walmart. Man, and that's cra- That's the craziest thing to see, and le- let's hope that's not the case for, for somebody, but it, it, you see it. You <laughs> hey, see it. You feel me? And, 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 and that's no shade to you if you end up working at Walmart. I mean, they need greeters, too. You see what I'm saying? They gonna need, <laughs> I, shit, when I'm walking in, I, I need somebody to say, hey, welcome to Walmart. You have a blessed day. Let me see your receipt. But I would be lying, you know, like I would be lying if I said the military didn't save my life. I would be lying if I said that this wasn't the best thing that's ever happened to me. But that's let me rephrase that one of the best things that's ever happened to me. But at the same time, I also have to understand that this is one of the biggest life hacks because it allowed me to be able to find out who I was, man. But. I would be doing myself a disservice if once I found out who I was, I continue to pretend I continue to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Man. And one thing that I've recognized and realized from that from from all this is the fact that 
I, I mentioned it in one of my, my earlier podcasts that it starts to take away from both sides, right? Because now on my free time, I want to focus on all the things that I want to do in my personal life, but then it takes away from me being able to be a, a, a quality Marine, right? Mm -hmm. But then when I focus heavy on the Marine Corps side, it takes away from me being able to pursue my creative uh, ideas, my creative passions. And it's not fair to either of them because they both deserve 100%. But you can't give 100% to both of them because that's not how it works. Because you, you mix in family time with that. You mix in, you know, things that, that life throws at you at random. You can't give those things 100%. And in that, you don't have the opportunity to offer the world the best version of you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I even go back and I, I, I love to just talk a little bit more on that. And what I was writing down was 50-50. And you always hear that, like, you know, like, we're starting to realize that relationships are not a 50-50 thing. Absolutely not. And the reason why it can't be 50-50 is because think about 50%. Think about it in the schooling. If you got a 50% on a test, what happened? You failed. You failed. So it can't be an F. It could never be an F. But if I gave 50% of that, to something else, like if I added my fifty to the what something else, now it'd be a hundred percent. But now this other thing, it starts to falter. It starts to falter, and that's when I started to realize, like I'm gonna have to make a choice eventually. You know, I'm gonna have to be able to make a choice. How can I be able to say I'm I'm going to move in this direction if I'm constantly going left and then turn around and going right, going left and going right? I'm pouring into this. I'm pouring into that it becomes draining and at the same time it also becomes distracting mm. it also becomes to the point where it's not exactly it's not as full as it could be yeah it's not as good as it could be because my attention isn't directed towards it mm. and now being put in a position now where it's that i have to give and i and this is another thing where i, I started to realize and these these are the things where people have to take into consideration right before they get out is that i could i could stay in you see what I'm saying? I could stay in the military, right? But if I stay in, I got to give 100%. The reason why a lot of people are not going to be successful, a lot of people are not successful in the military is not because they can't follow directions. A trained monkey can follow directions. It's because you're not giving it 100%. The military is literally an entity that does take 100% of you. And it takes 100% it takes of your life. You try to do other things outside of that, you're going to find, yeah, you, you would make success in it. But it'll never be the success of what it could be. Yeah. Think about like a lot of people that got out and they were doing like side things. Look at how their business ended up turning the moment that they got out. And once again, this isn't no shade to the military, but it's a real is a realization that at some point you're going to have to be able to make a decision. And when you make that decision, you can't you can't do half and half. You have to do a hundred percent in that direction. And it's almost to, to say that it's it's completely acceptable to have outgrown it and to move on. It, it, there doesn't have to be any type of uh, negativity attached to it. It doesn't have to say that, you know what, the, the military was terrible. Or, that doesn't have to be the case. It's just an acknowledgement of, okay, I used and I, I the Marine Corps used me. I used the Marine Corps for exactly what I needed it for. And now I'm moving on and going and doing things that make me happy. And that's completely acceptable. And that, you know, you see it all the time. 
you see some they, some people that get out uh, before 20 years and they're upset at the fact that they did it. And they're always upset at the fact that they did it. But then you also get those people that stuck around for 20 years just for the simple fact that they, you know, were itching for retirement. But then they're happy because they never were fulfilled. They're not happy because they never were fulfilled in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to do this dance with yourself and do some self-analyzation and determine if what you want in your future and the things that you want in your life are going to uh, match well with the decision you make in regards to staying in or getting out. I agree. I agree. And and you, one of my biggest pet peeves is when you hear, and, and I don't know if you ever heard me say this, but I was like, I, I, I got on a rant. And I was like, man, look, some of, some of you, like, you veterans, like, you new age veterans, you new generational <laughs> veterans, it's I heard soft. Yeah. You feel me? Like, like, I don't know who need to hear this, but some of you new generational veterans, and I got to use the word some, because, like, even right now, somebody about to get bent out of shape. Real quick. You feel me? And I say some of y'all, because I do miss the old school veterans. You know, the ones that used to comment under my pictures talking about my uniform is out of regs or my gentleman's <laughs> telling me. You, you feel me? Like, like, they ain't had nothing better to do, but they tracking on the order. Yeah. But this new age, it's always about how the Marine Corps fucked them. It's always about how my leadership fucked you. Uh, fuck no. Or it's always about how they, they got screwed over. Mm. But the reality is, is that nobody screwed you over. You got, you screwed yourself over. Mm. This is an easy game to play. It really is. It is. It's, and it gives you the tools to be able to succeed. And I bring that up because the moment that you feel like somebody has screwed you over, is like anytime somebody brings it up, it just triggers you. And that's exactly what I would get up under a lot of my posts is that, Oh, well, you know, you're saying that the military is, um, you know, a, a stepping stone and you're saying that it's a life hack and everything of that nature. How about you talk about depression? How about you talk about mental health? How about you talk about all of these things? And I'm like, you know, it's crazy because I do talk about all those things in the yeah. podcast. I do talk about all those things, but you still have animosity towards something. So the moment that you hear about it, you're triggered. And, and you're, giving, you're giving that entity your power. Mm -hmm. You're giving that entity your power. So when you take into consideration now, and you've, you've developed the narrative that the Marine Corps screwed you over and that you gained nothing from it, and now you allow yourself to play the victim throughout your entire life mm -hmm. because I went and tried to use a life hack that people told me that can help me be successful, but I wasn't successful. So now the reason why I'm not successful in my personal life is because they screwed me over there. No, you allowed yourself to be screwed over. You're the one that are, continues to make the mistakes or not take advantage of the things that life gives you. Bro, I look at the Marine Corps, right? And I've been in 13 years. Rest mm -hmm. assured you, I've been fucked over by somebody. It's going to happen, right? But that's a life thing. That's not just a Marine Corps thing. That's a life thing, right? I've been fucked over by somebody. And at the chance that I were to say that my entire career is, is predicated Based off of that one experience, I have given that person my power and I have allowed myself to become a failure based off of someone else's actions. And now I'm wrong if I continue to, to walk in that light. I refuse to allow that to, to be the case for me. And for those that do struggle with that, I'm sorry, but you have to take some type of ownership. Mm -hmm. You have to look inward and say, okay, where was my fault? I say it all the time, right? Because I, I had an interesting experience when I got on recruiting duty. Uh I got there and I, I was received as someone that thought too highly of myself and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So I was treated a certain way. And although it was a lackluster experience, 
I could have allowed that to form my entire experience out there. I could have treated my kids differently. I could have, I could have lashed out. I could have ruined my career while on recruiting duty Mm -hmm. based off of that experience. But the problem is, is again, like I said, that would be me giving my power to someone else. And Mm -hmm. I refuse that. I refuse to allow that to be the case. And here I am uh, again, I'm, I just reenlisted getting ready to serve another three and, or four and I'm, I'm doing just fine, but I could be doing different, you know, based off of that. I'll even go on to say this right here because I know somebody right now that's saying, no, 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 I got fucked over. I got fucked over. So, you you know, probably did. Yeah. I, and, and, and that's true right there is that, that you know, it's a human thing. Mm-hmm. Humans, humans will betray. It's will all humans betray betray each other? No, but some humans will. I mean, shit. We can check the history. We can go back. You see what I'm saying? I know Judas loved Caesar. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I know Judas loved Jesus. I know Brutus loved Caesar, but they still betrayed him nonetheless. But I won't. And how do I word this real quick? Is that it's easy to say that I got fucked over. I had a bad experience in there, but Everything happens for a purpose on purpose. And you, you're truly fucked over if you don't know how to use your use the experience that you just gained. Man, Jim, take that. Jot like, that down. I literally was trying to like like put it together in a way of like, yeah, it's easy for somebody to fuck you over. But you're fucking yourself over when you're not, when you're walking away from it and you never were able to learn from the mistake itself. Man. We talk about it all the time. It's hey, going to keep somebody ooh. take that and let that make you whole. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Like, 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 you know, like it's so easy to get out based off of a bad experience. It's so easy, you know? And that's one thing that I'm trying to tell myself right now is that am I, am I truly making my decisions off of the experiences that I have acquired or am I making my decision off of the, re, off of the realization that I'm legit done? Yeah. You know? And before I actually cross that line, I want to be settled within myself. A lot of people cross that line before they finally level out within yeah. themselves on that decision. Am I really just making it off of the fact that I just hate this current situation that I'm in? Or am I legit realizing that this isn't for me? Am I legit realizing that I've served the per- this served its purpose? Am I legit realizing that I found myself and I know now what direction that I'm going to go with? Man, That's the real life hack. You feel me? It's the ability to be able to find, let me rephrase that, discover. Because let's just go back a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Nurture, nature versus nurture. We don't know who we are when we're around, like when we're in our home states. That's one thing I will always say military people have a certain, <laughs> bro, military people have a certain advantage over most civilians because we, we had to be by ourselves. And when you're by yourself, you got to figure out who you are. And to move away from Detroit, I got a chance to see me, Mm. understand me, discover me. And to sit there and finally find myself and then stay in the military, get paid, have a job, have things. You know, bro, I could have been fucking a janitor. Facts. You see what I'm saying? And there's no shade to nobody who stayed home and didn't make that transition. But I'm this don't even have to be the military. You can go off to college. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And motherfuckers always talk about that. Like, hey, I found myself when I was in college. 
You found yourself not because you were in college. You found yourself because you were not with your friends at your hometown with your family who have already created these ideas that imputed within you around your environment that all collectively have the exact same type of mindset. You, you're not in the echo chamber anymore. You see what I'm saying? There we go right there. And you move away from that. And all the while you were getting paid to do it. Mm. But just like what I said earlier, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they get out is that they find they never found out who they were. And when you don't find out who you are, you don't find out your purpose. Mm. I will say this. And like, this is something that like can always be up for discussion. The military does have a nasty habit of spoon feeding us directives. It has a spoon. It has a nasty habit of spoon feeding us of li a certain lifestyle. So you get comfortable with the idea that you're already going to be told what to do. You're going to get comfortable with the idea of knowing that you're going to have the first and the 15th. You are going to get comfortable with the fact that they're going to give you housing. You're going to get comfortable with the idea that you, uh, as long as you don't get in trouble and you do exactly what you're supposed to, you're going to get promoted. And then 20 years goes by. And the only thing that you have to show for is a fucking high and tight razor bumps <laughs> and a fucking I served hat. You feel me? <laughs> and, and and it's like, dog, like you, 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 you fucked yourself. You fucked yourself over. Or let's switch gears a little bit. Maybe you didn't make it to the 20 years. Maybe you stayed in for four years. And during those four years, you had bad experiences. And each time that you had a bad experience, rather than say to yourself, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? What is this trying to teach me? You kept wallowing in the mud saying to yourself, I fucking hate this place. I can't wait to get out. And then on that day when it finally got out, you never really discovered yourself. You were just put down to a point where you just said, I could not wait to, I, I, to get out. And then you were going to do exactly what you should have did for those four years out in the civilian world. But the problem is, is that you can't do that out in the civilian world because now you got to go to fucking college. Now you got to go to a job. Now your ass got to go back home. And now the exact same thing that you left from, you're back in the exact same situation. Man. And let me tell you, and bringing it back to one of your points earlier, you said that a lot of people get out on a split decision. I see it so many times where Marines are making it to the end of their enlistment and whether or not they're going to re-enlist, re is just now being discussed as it's time for them to submit reenlistment, right? So they end up making a decision either to get out or stay in, like you said, still haven't discovered themselves, or they stay in when it was the comfortable thing to do when they really didn't want to because they didn't allow themselves that time to figure out both sides of the field, really discover who they are or understand who they are and what they want, and then make the decision based off of that. And I'll take this a step further. For those that are listening that aren't in the military, you can apply this to a lot of things in your life to include things like your marriage, your relationships with others, right? Yes. So you can look at being in a relationship with your husband, wife, uh, or whatever it is that you're into, right? Mm -hmm. And you can be in that situation and it come to the point where y'all come to a breaking point. And a lot of people, instead of just breaking the relationship off, you end up going and looking for other, other things to entertain you, so on and so forth. But really, if you were to sit back and take into consideration consideration what that relationship brought to you in the beginning and if it has the potential to bring that to you again or if it doesn't but you have to have those discussions with yourself and then not only that see if the energy that you applying to going and searching for somebody else or uh, something else to entertain you if you were to put that energy back into your relationship if it were to revive or, or revitalize itself and if it doesn't then you've you've 
hit all the wickets in order to make an educated decision on whether or not that relationship mm -hmm. is for you. So you can apply that to relationships. You can apply that to work in the civilian sector, mm -hmm. uh, whatever your job is, and you can apply that to the military. You really do have to sit back and it's not going to be something you can do overnight. You're not going to wake up and say, hey, you know what? Voila, it's come to me. You really have to do some some deep soul searching, thinking about what it is that you want, who you are, what the future for you looks like. That way you can make a decision based off of it. And then you don't regret that decision in the future. You feel me? And, you know, I even go, we, 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 we sit back and we talk about like finding ourselves and discovering ourselves. You feel me? And I, I, I harp so much on this because you won't know what you want to do if you don't know who you are. Mm. That's like me going up to a complete strength. Let me phrase that. There it is right here. This is a good analogy. I had a sergeant major come up to me. His came out and, you know, sergeant major wanted to see all the sergeants to see it with, you know, the packages and shit like that. And me and like four of the sergeants are standing in the conference room waiting for sergeant major. Mm. I ain't going to go on the record and just say like, hey, he took about 30 minutes to show up. You feel me? <laughs> like we busy too. We busy too. You feel me? Like who else on the boys? Yeah. And so we waited and he walks in, he grabs our packages. And as he grabs our packages, he walks up to us because I guess he's making his recommendations to where we're, you know, where we're going to go. And he looks at the first sergeant. He looks him up and down. Looks at him. Recruiter. I'm like, I'm like, you picking for us? What the fuck is this? Hogwarts? It's <laughs> <laughs> a sorting hat. The fucking sorting hat. I was like, what the fuck he picking for us? Next sergeant walks up, looks him up and down, looks at him. Drill instructor. I'm like, bro, you making this up? I I wish I could have made it up. I swear to God. <laughs> Motherfucker looks, the next sergeant walks up. This one was, the, <laughs> the next sergeant was chubby. He looks at him, he says, recruiter. <laughs> I'm looking at him like, dog, like, no, you can't do that. Finally, he gets to me. Now, <laughs> he looks me up and down once again, stops, pauses, Looks me back up and down again. And he says, drill instructor. And I was like, actually, Sergeant Major, I actually want to go recruiting. Like, I want to go recruiting. There you go. This is the weather in the storm right here. Yeah. This is you speaking up instead of uh, fawning and saying, you know what? I'm going to go with the flow because it'll make it Sergeant easier. Sergeant Major knows best. I don't, I, exactly. I don't want to disrupt Sergeant Major. Like, and mind you, there's, there's another dude behind me. I'm like this. Nah, I'm going recruit. <laughs> and he's like this. Nah, you you you, you would do well on on uh, DID, on uh, drill instructor duty. I said, to be honest with you, Sergeant Major, I actually already got orders to go to the maze. So, like, <laughs> I, I'm just really here so we can get this 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 situation rectified. Yeah. He's like this. Oh, no, you're not going to go to the maze. You're going to drill instructor. I said, Sergeant Major, all right, let me give you my package. I got to go. And... It's crazy because I, I, I fought and then fawned once I realized that this was just like becoming like redundant. Yeah. But I bring that up right there is because he didn't know us. He didn't know us, but he was already picking. And was he correct? He might have been. It was five people. He probably was right about one. He probably was right about one. But everyone else, he don't know them. He's just basing it off of what he sees. And I harp so much on finding yourself and understanding yourself because if you don't understand yourself, you won't be able to pick what path you're supposed to go down. How are you supposed to know your purpose in life if you don't even know the purpose for the person that you're dealing with? And you're more willing to accept a purpose that is given to you at that point 
when you don't know your purpose mm-hmm. or you can't find your purpose. And it's one of those things that uh, we spoke about validation a long time ago, and I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole. Oh, we man, can we stay on subject, could. but I'm looking and I realized that uh, a lot of people that used to walk into my office, a lot of them would choose not to join the military because their family said that mm-hmm. they, they didn't want them to. Right. And I look at them and I'm like, all right, so let me ask you a question. How old are, how old are your parents? How old is your aunt that you're telling me about? Oh, they're in their their 40s, 50s, right? Cool. So they've lived their entire life. They know mm-hmm. exactly what it is they got going on. They've made their mistakes, and they've, they've either reaped the benefit of it or they learned the lesson from it. So why is it acceptable for them to choose your path, right? And again— Ooh, the, you was the, an outstanding recruiter. <laughs> you was an outstanding recruiter. The, the, the look you're giving me right now is exactly how the kids look because they, they get a realization. But th- this is the problem is you get a 17-, 18-year-old, and I wasn't there to try and—I was there to try to get them doing this. But at the end of the day, I was there to get them to realize because for me as a recruiter, my job wasn't to, to ultimately get you to enlist because I'll go talk to 100 kids if I got to get one to enlist in order to get— the one that's necessary. Mm -hmm. My job is to inform you and to set a light bulb off in your head, right? And if you enlist 10 years, or not 10 years, but two years down the road because I set a light bulb off, I did my job, Mm -hmm. right? Now, as I'm having this conversation, the reason why it's so easy for them to make a decision to to not join based off of the opinions of their family members is because they don't know their purpose. Mm -hmm. They don't know who they are supposed to be. They don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. So it's so much easier to listen to the advice of their, their cousins, their aunts, their, their uncles, their mom, their dad, because they don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like this does give them an opportunity to go off on your own. You're 17 or 18 years old. Uh, I joined when I was 20. So I was 20 years old. I, I say it all the time. I, from my hometown, thought that I was just going to find a job there. I would never leave the great state of Texas. I wouldn't travel the world. I'd probably just be there the same way that most people are. But that's not the case for me. And it did help me discover who I am. And who I would have been had I stayed there is completely different from who I am now. Mm. Right? So I look at that. And like I said, you're completely right in saying that in order for you to make the proper decisions, you have to understand who you are as a person. A hundred percent, man. Like, you know, I even tell you this story real quick, man. I think, I think me and you have had this conversation before and it goes into why, why finding your purpose? Why, why, let me phrase this. Why, when you find your purpose, how important it is and what it'll do to you. Now, initially when I enlisted in the military, I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life. I just knew I didn't need to be in Detroit anymore. And I needed order. I wanted to travel. And I just, I, I knew that I needed those two things. I joined. I go through my first contract. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do in the military. I go through my second contract. Once again, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do within the military. It wasn't until I got to my third contract. That's when I found my purpose. And you got to think about it. I'm talking about, I'm Sergeant Thickman. I'm, I'm, I'm the IT of the battalion. I'm doing the McMap. I'm on the floor with the Marines. I'm leading, guiding, mentoring. Their performance will reflect the image of me. I'm doing all of that <laughs> shit. You feel me? And, 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 and I'm saying to myself that I'll deal with that bridge in 20 years. And when I mean deal with that bridge, I'll figure out, I'll figure out what I want to do in my life And you know when I get to the very end. And the reason why is because I, I just didn't know. So... My sergeant major, you know, she comes up to me. She, well, my son, she didn't come up to me. My sergeant major told my first sergeant. Told my first sergeant that, like, hey, you know, I want Thick Pen to speak at this Lance Corpus seminar. So I'm like, 
I go up to company. First time called me up there. He like, hey, Sarmich just said that you need to go speak at the last group of seminar. I said, for what? <laughs> for real, man. I said, for what? I was like, what you want me to say? What you want me to say up there? Mm. I was like, well, you, you want me to chew him out? Because I do that first time. I don't got no problem doing that. Yeah. You know, I was like, trash anyway. And I, mind you, you got to think about it, bro. It's that I went to that land school seminar, right? And still, Sergeant Thickpen on the floor. And I'm sitting there, Marine shaking my hand, you know, because I'm the guest speaker. They're shaking my hand. And I'm like, yo, can y'all stop shaking my hand so soft? You know, I'm, this is, I'm really not doing good. And they said that I need to speak. And I remember speaking. And one thing that kind of was resonating with me at the moment was the was the story about the dollar. You know, like, you know, this is a dollar. If I crumbled it up, would it still be a dollar? Mm. If I ripped it up, would it still be a dollar? The value of the money has never changed. So why has yours? And I went on to talk about how we base our value off of, you know, the trials and tribulations that we've been through. And that based off of the fact that we've made a lot of mistakes in our lives, our value must decrease. But the reality is that our value never decreased. And as I kicked that, you know, after it was over, people were coming up to me like, yo, that was real good. Mind you, this is my first speaking engagement ever. And everybody's coming up to me saying, you're good. This Marine, she come up to me. And she comes up to me, she get to crying. And, and I'm like, the fuck is you crying about? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, I ain't used to this. What the fuck is you crying about? And I'm looking at her, and I'm saying to myself, like, was, you know, she says, what you said was so, it really stood out to me. It really stood out to me. And I was just like, are you serious? And I didn't realize that I had a gift. I didn't even realize it yet. So I walk away, and literally a week later, I got I got told that I was going to speak at a college. I got selected to go speak at a college. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, it's easy to speak in front of Marines. It's easy to speak in front of Marines because Marines are always going to, Marines are going to listen to you. You see what I'm saying? Like, they got, you know, discipline. Exactly. You go speak at a college and you know exactly like speaking at them high schools and stuff like that. Hey, man, bless your heart. They don't, don't, get, know. They don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck. They going to get to you when they need you. Mm -hmm. So I remember going to this college and I'm in, I'm in front of all these high schoolers. I'm in front of all these teachers. I'm on a panel with all of these gentlemen. And I'm talking about these gentlemen are very educated, you know, master's degrees. They're doing successful in life. I'm like the last speaker. And I'm just a Marine that dropped out of college that chew Marines ass every now and then. And I get up there and I speak. And when I spoke, it was as if I could see my words moving around to create the message that I was trying to convey. And I remember after it was over, this teacher, she comes up to me, hugs me, said that was the best, that was probably, you were probably the best one there. Another teacher was like, yo, like your words ignited a flame within me I didn't even know I had. Like people literally were standing, clapping, as if like I gave a performance. And the next thing you know, like, I become so overwhelmed. And I became so overwhelmed because I was just like, what the fuck's going on? I immediately left. And when I left out, I just started crying. And I started crying because I finally realized what my purpose was. And it was crazy that I would spend, at this time, it was, I'll say, like, eight, nine years. Nine years in the military. And I finally found my purpose in life. The moment that I found my purpose, I launched a podcast the next week. And as I went down deeper into this rabbit hole of my purpose, I ended up becoming an author. 
I ended up speaking on more engagements. You, you see what I'm saying? And things just started to unwind. And that's and and as I was finding it, I started to find out I started to find out me more. Yeah. Once you go down that journey of who you are, you see what I'm saying? Like you start to understand who you are as a purpose and what you want to do. My uncle said, he was like, he's like, it's real crazy how fast things are happening for you. And I was like, I don't really think it's fast. I think it's actually slow. And he says, like, he's like, it's crazy because the moment that you start to walk in your purpose, the moment you start to walk in your purpose, it seems like things are going, things will start happening fast because this is the path that you're supposed to be going down. Now, switch gears a little bit because I talked about why it's so important to have purpose, to find, to discover yourself so you can find purpose. When you try to do 50-50, you pull yourself away from it. And this is when I started to realize that I had to, de- I had to decide whether I was going to stay in the military or was I going to continue to go down this, po- to go down this journey. And the reason was is that the moment that I started to go down my purpose, I started to be pulled more and more away from the military. I ain't become a shitbag. I ain't dropped my pack. But I started to ask myself questions that I normally wouldn't ask. Mm. You know, why are we doing this? Like, what's the purpose? Of, you know, you know. Like, I started to ask myself yeah. that. That military jargon, shit that used to that we tell. You know, hey, you know, everything has a purpose. You know, you know, it's a method to the madness. Get it done, and then ask me why we did it. Ooh, or, or my favorite one is it's a method to the madness. That shit wasn't working on me no more. Mm. It wasn't selling me no more. And the reason why it wasn't selling me no more is because now I'm starting to realize that this isn't what I want to do. And when you don't want to do something, and I even throw a relationship in it, when a motherfucker ain't fucking with you no more, everything you do irritates them. Factual. You see what I'm saying? Like you like think 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 about it like a past relationship. When you realize the relationship was coming to a close, that mother that motherfucker could have blinked, and you like, oh, you irritate the fuck out of me. The way did you, you just make breakfast? Did oh you just make God. breakfast? We still making the eggs the same fucking way, man. Come on, dog. What I tell you about yawning, bro? Like, yeah. like, like, yeah. don't yawn with your mouth open like that. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's not that. It's because it dealt, and that person just no longer serves a purpose in your life, and you're just trying to find a way to get them out. And that's what it started to become. The more I started to go down that journey, the more I started to realize. And it wasn't that I had ill feelings towards the military. It was just life showing me, like. Hey, like this isn't serving a purpose for you no more. It's not that it's bad for you because you can stay, but I'm going to do you. I'm going to tell you this right now that if you stay, you're going to give up this because you can't fully commit to this. If you're still committed to this. Yeah. And that's when I realized, and that's just to go back to the past eight months, you know what I mean? And that's when I started to really dig deeper within myself and realize that I am done. Is because now here I am trying to give a hundred percent to something, and this will go back to what you said about the relationship. You're trying to stay in a relationship that has already reached its expiration date. You're trying to keep the milk in the refrigerator that is way past its expiration date. That shit just turning into yogurt or butter, and cottage cheese in the in the milk carton. What are we doing? You, you see what I'm saying? And it's hurting you. It's hurting you because you know deep down this isn't what you want to do. You know deep down that you have a greater purpose. God done showed you what you're supposed to do. You the one that wants to continue to play both sides of the field when you know you need to pick one. And that's the problem that a lot of people like tend to like not realize is that you may you may realize that within your first four. 
You may realize that within your eight. You may realize that within your 10. But the moment that you realize it, you're going to have to make a decision. And the, based off of the decision that you make, you're going to have to commit 100%. Ain't no play on both sides. You're going to commit 100%. That's why I like when you see like a lot of people, like a lot of social media influencers that get out and they just become like this big, they were already playing that and they were prepping to get out. They were planning for that. You can't do both. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, that's the mindset that I am in. It's not that I'm having a bad experience. It's not that. It's you just found the path that belongs to you. And I want to go there, mm. you know, and anything else outside of that, it's not that it's, it, it, it's just not serving a purpose. I'm on I'm on a range like this. Do we really got to shoot on the range like dog? Like, how the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, man. This don't make no sense, man. We got to got to walk the two got to shoot on the 200 just to walk to the 3, man. God damn. <laughs> Shit. You you know you irritated by stuff like yeah. that, man. Like you irritated. You irritated because oh my god, man. Can we hurry up and start and drop sleeves, man? I'm getting tired of rolling sleeves. I don't even wear a blouse. <laughs> oh, that's wear, right. That's I don't right. even wear a blouse, but the times that I do, I'm irritated by it. So, and to switch gears a little bit, because I had a question for you, and it was something that I was thinking about on the way up, because it's something that I kind of struggle with, and uh, I, I do a lot of self reflection, and I do a lot of like, yo, what what is going on? What's you know pestering you? What's what's stopping you from growing? So on and so forth. And I, I just finished reading a book called The Big Leap, right? Mm -hmm. And what this book basically details is the glass ceiling that we put on ourselves without realizing it. And a lot of it has to do with the stories that were fed to us, the things that we experienced as we came into adulthood, right? So basically, you tend to have a threshold, and once that is in place, you feel as if that's where you belong and you, don't, you can't break out that box. And I realized as I started to have the same experience you said you were having, right? So when I realized uh, uh, the equivalent to what you're saying when you went to that first Lance Corporal seminar, um, I was at a graduation and I'm to speak to the graduating class. And I get up there and uh, I start off, I say, hey, I got a message for the class of whatever graduating class. As a matter of fact, no, I got a message to anyone that is willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Marianne Williamson once said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I go on to give that, and then I start to give them my spill on it. Like, I, 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 that was the introduction. I started giving them, giving them the business. I blacked out, right? At the end of that, I got someone walked up to me and said, hey, we will, I would love for you to come to this speaking engagement. And if you remember, it was a Veterans Day speaking engagement that I offered you to go to because I couldn't make it. For real? Now listen, listen at this. This is where I sit conflicted with myself because I've realized that in my own story, I have set this glass ceiling for myself. And as I attempt to break through that glass ceiling, I look at it and I say, you know what? You don't wait to go above that glass ceiling because your threshold is here. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't get, step outside that box. You've already got parameters set for yourself and you need to stay within that box. And I do that continuously. Leading up to this this podcast right here, I was looking for every reason to call you and tell you, you know what, man, I, I don't know if I can make it. Bro. And the reason being is because who am I to sit down and have these conversations? Who am I to give advice to anybody? Who am I? But that's that's something in my past that is writing that narrative for me that is trying to put that roadblock in front of me. 
And I look at stuff like that and I'm like, and that's what this book is about. It's called the, your upper limit problem. And it says that basically what happens is as we start to walk into who we want to be, uh, be it more successful, being in a more loving relationship, us having more money, we find a way to, to knock ourselves down a couple notches again, to put ourselves back where we quote unquote belong. Right. And I look at that, that engagement in itself, when I contacted you, bro, I could have made it to that, to that talk but I didn't feel like I deserved to talk in front of a bunch of veterans. Mm. So that phone call was, Hey bro, do you mind doing this for me? I can't make it really. I was sitting in my living room, Mm -hmm. but my upper limit problem, my glass ceiling told me that I didn't belong speaking to those people. Do you experience that? Bro, man, before we even start, before we even start, I want to go on the record real quick, real quick. And just say that that was my sec. No, no, I would say that would be my third official speaking engagement. And for those who don't know the backstory behind that, right, is that I had just recently, like, met Lamont. Like, we were probably, like, we had probably, like, about, about, like, I said, like, three, four months. So I, to this day, still thank you for putting me, like, for even plugging me into that. You see what I'm saying? Because it really did mean a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. Because it, it once again, it solidified exactly where I wanted to be going. You gotcha. know, it really did. Even though, like, I, I ain't never tell you, I ended up having to go uphill in some slippers. <laughs> bro, and them dead, like, bro, because I ended up parking down the hill, man. But, like, I ended up sitting next to the mayor and all that type of shit. That's dope. Yeah. And I remember walking away, I was like, dog, man, like, it just really, like, it solidified the value of our friendship. You see what I'm saying? Like, and I always sat back and I was like, damn, man, I tell, I tell myself right now, if I ever get an opportunity, I'm going to make sure that I put Lamont on. You feel me? Because you have put me on for that. And also that was that during that conversation was the during that conversation, you had gave me another gem that I use to this day in every speaking engagement. <laughs> and it's like, as soon as I go out there, I'm like, just, hey, hey, do me a favor real quick. Go ahead. Give yourself a round of applause, bro. I went on and, and people go crazy for it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I bring those two up because I've been in those positions where it's like, dog, like I don't want to. Because I don't feel like I, I'm supposed to be here. Bro, I didn't speak. I haven't, I'll say 2021, obviously because of COVID and stuff like that. And this is why I talk about like you gonna have to pick a side. Because if you don't pick a side, it's draining to play both sides of the field. It's draining to play both sides. Because when you're drained, you can't pour into what you really want to do. Because you just spent all this time faking something else. And... Before you showed up here, I was asleep. You know what I mean? I was drained, bro. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't, it's not that I didn't want to speak with you. I just didn't want to speak. You know, I, I deactivated my Instagram because I got tired of looking at a person that I just no longer related to. Mm. I got, it got to a point where I didn't want to podcast no more because I just didn't even feel like I could even talk about the topics that I was already talking about. That I used to talk about. I didn't have the confidence to do it no more. I didn't have the energy to do it no more. So like, trust me, I'm t- I know I, I'm tracking that 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 glass ceiling, and it turn it almost turns into a box almost where you start to box yourself in, mm. bro. It was moments where I started to tell myself I don't even think I'm supposed to be a speaker, or I don't want to be a speaker anymore because I'm drained, I'm hurt. You feel me? I'm hurting. So I trust me, bro. Like I know, I know, man. That shit it, it fucked me up. It fucked me up. 
the crazy thing is, is I realized after reading the book and it's, it, this is, I'm, I'm adamant and I know not everybody wants to read, but I'm adamant about either reading or listening to audio books because there's so much information. There's so much stuff that people have gone through and have learned from and have been able to, uh, express how to weather the storm because they've gone through it in these, in these pages. Right. And I looked at that. And as I finished the book, it helped me to realize when I was doing it to myself, that's in my relationship. That's mm -hmm. in, uh, the things that I'm looking to pursue. I've acknowledged when I'm getting ready to do it. I told my wife last night, I'm sitting on the counter and I told her, I said, I, I was looking for a reason to not come here tomorrow. I'm like, I, but why do I do that? Why is that a thing? But this is the thing. It doesn't matter that I do it. What matters is, is regardless of whether or not I have that urge to find a way out, that I continue to do it regardless. I right? even go on this and tell you this, like before, before even now, bro, like every speaking engagement that I get, I get selected go, Bro, I'm always prepared. I'm always hoping that they get canceled. <laughs> Swear to God, bro. Like I, I spoke with a, what, what, I spoke, I spoke at a conference where Lisa Nichols. Like, how do I describe this? I was not, Lisa Nichols, the headliner. You feel yeah. me? Like yeah. I'm the artist that like that performs before Lisa Nichols comes yeah. out. You feel me? I got a chance to actually speak on the stage with Lisa Nichols, and which is dope, by the way. Bro, she heard it. She heard me speak, and she was like, "This, I heard you. You not least Nichols talk. I heard you speak. I'm like, is this you giving me a compliment? <laughs> you feel me? Like, oh, is this you giving me a compliment, bro? I was hoping that that got canceled. Hmm. I'm booked to speak at an event right now in October. I'm hoping that it gets canceled. Hey, remove that glass ceiling, man. You feel me? And it's in, and the reason why I put it there is because sometimes I just feel like I'm not good enough. I don't think that I'm supposed to. I don't think I'm gonna make it." You know why people don't follow their purpose? Like why they don't step out? Like it, it's they find out who they are, they find their purpose, and when it's time to take a step in that direction to say like, "Hey, I want to do it," they don't want to jump because they're afraid that they're going to fall. That's really it, and that's that's what it says. But this is the thing: is a lot of people get comfortable in that being decision, saying that I'm no, mm -hmm. I don't want to do it because I'm afraid to fall. Because now you get to say, "Well." I never even tried, so I, I couldn't have failed, but I couldn't have succeeded. I don't know what would have happened. Mm -hmm. So you don't you you don't have to label yourself a failure because you I never, never even it. attempted. Eh, I wanted to, never did it. Is I it, wanted to do the backflip, never attempted it though, so it doesn't matter. Never did it, so it don't even, it don't count. If it if because I never did it, it don't count. Exactly. And a lot of times, like you know, and then we get into the self you know self sabotage habits of. Because I don't want to fail or I don't want this to work out, subconsciously I started moving in a way that will cause it not to work out. I started moving in a way that will cause me to avoid it. So when that finally does happen, I can I'm, essentially I'm 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 re, I'm affirming what I already was thinking, mm. and a lot we do that all the time. You know I'm, I hate working here. I hate going to this place. I hate these people. As I'm already saying that, I'm starting to subconsciously move in a way that's going to affirm what I already believe. So one thing I noticed, like there's this clean cut version of me now. A lot of mm -hmm. people see me, they they see my social media and it, it looks as if I do no fucking wrong. Right. Right. But the rea reality is, is I grew into this person. Mm -hmm. I wasn't always who I am now. I've struggled. I've I've done some shit that I'm not proud of doing. And I tend to find myself once I start to reach a level of success or do something that is 
moving myself up a notch to start to live in those moments to say, hey, you are that. Remember, you did this. You were that person. You you you're mm-hmm. not who you are pretending to be. But that's not the truth. You're not who you were 10 years ago. You're not mm-hmm. who you were five minutes ago, for that matter. Legitimately, each moment that you you step in a different direction, you are becoming that person. Mm-hmm. You just have to accept and acknowledge that where you are now is where you are now, and you don't have to acknowledge. Yes, look back in the past to learn from the mistakes and to grow from them, but you don't have to be that person anymore. 100%. You know, and I think, like, a lot of times, like, shit, it's so hard to move forward for some people because it's easy to... Let me rephrase that. It's hard to move forward because it's a lingering effect of what I have done. You know, like, how can I be... And now I tell people this all the time, and that's why, like, you know, like, I, I started the new project, the Not So Meritorious podcast, because I, at one point, like, it's so easy for people to come up to me and say, like, oh, man, you're getting out? Like, you're, you're such a good Marine. Like, you're so this. And I wish I had Marines under, you know, I wish I had Marines like you within my command, my platoon, or, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, that little filler shit that people tell you. But would you really want to have PFC Thigpen? Would you want to have Lance Corporal Thigpen? Because them motherfuckers was not me. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> you know, I praise the underdog story because the underdog understands that, yeah, I sucked in the beginning, but I grew gradually into who I am a lot of people can't get past that you know they it's so easy to realize like damn I suck and always say that I suck until my time is finally up and then the only thing that I have of that to associate with that experience is that I suck you never realize that when you say when it clicked for me I was sitting in my room and I was just like dog I am so sick and tired of having bad days that's exactly what I said. I was like, I am so sick and tired of having bad days and hating where I'm at. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to do, do whatever it takes to create a good day for me. And eventually, it wasn't, it was tomorrow, I got my ass chewed. The next day, I ended up getting my ass chewed as soon as I said that. But the next week, it started to work. The next month, it started to work. Next thing you know, two years go by, and I'm good. But a lot of people can't move forward. Because they're still they they're still stuck in the exact same spot that they're in because it's just so devastating. Mm. It's so traumatic. It's so fucked up. I'm having you know. It's easy to say all of that. Dog. Like it's easy to. I'm in the storm. I'm not speaking from a sense of I'm out of the storm. I'm still in the storm. It's easy to say that I'm getting I'm getting shitted on. It's easy to say that I hate this. You know I hate this storm, but I have to move. Mm. You know, it's like, I think Steve Harvey said it the best. He said, like, motherfuckers say, like, I'm, you know, like, if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop. Because if you stop, you're still going to be in hell. (laughs) You know, and a lot of people don't understand that. It's like, you know, like, if you're going through it, you got to keep going. You got to get through it. (laughs) You got to get get through it. You got to get through it. If you're going through it, you're going to have to get through it. Because if you don't get through it, you're going to be stuck in it. And that's the reason why, like, it's so hard to grow from something because you're so caught, you're distracted by the failure. Mm. I'm going to tell you right now, regardless of whatever is shit, if I, if I get out right now and I become an entrepreneur, it's going to be a year. It's going to be probably like the average entrepreneur go through five bad years in the beginning. Them five bad years is rough. And gradually it get good. Gradually it get good. Mm. The podcast, the podcast was at low, like, 10 people listen to the podcast at one point. Like now, over like 300 plus people listen to the podcast. Love. 
You feel me? I fucks with him. Hey, speaking of that, hey, if you if you wondering where your shirt's at, it was an issue with PayPal. I'm not hoarding the money or doing some weird ass fucking like, you know, like scam. Like I had to put that out. I had to put that energy <laughs> out there. You feel me? Like I know y'all fuck with me and I told y'all to support real niggas because it ain't a lot of us left. But but I promise you we getting that situation worked out. But I wouldn't even been able to say that a year ago. Oh no, I ain't thinking I'd be saying that. It had to start somewhere. But it's easy to quit when it's when it's still fresh. It's easy to quit when it's still young. I wrote about, I, I talked about this in my book. You a father, I'm a father. We, we've been there. We, we, we got the cuts, bumps, and bruises yep. to prove it, you know? And being a father that grew up without a father, just navigating through the trenches of fatherhood, doing the best that we can, but sometimes we do fall short. Yeah. But there's a moment where we didn't. And it was when our kids were learning how to walk. It was when our kids were learning how to walk. This is when nature took over. I mean, when, nur- when nature took over versus nurture. And it was already embedded into us that as our child was taking those steps, we want to step in every time they fall. We want to step in, but we don't because we know that the kid's going to stand back up, going to pick herself back up, and they're going to walk again. As soon as they do, boom, they fall on their face. Then they stand back up, and then they start walking. Next thing you know, soon the coordination starts to come, and now they fully walking children. Yeah. But imagine if we would have stepped in. We would have hindered it. We would have delayed it. We would have stunted it. Why we can't have that exact same type of faith in our dreams, in our aspirations, and what we want to do in our circumstances? Why we can't have that exact same faith that, yeah, I'm going to fall on my face. But if I get back up and I take a couple of steps, the next time I fall on my face, rather than say, woe is me, I'm going to take a look behind me. You feel me? I'm going to take a look behind me and see the last time I fell on my face and realize how far I came. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's easy to cry when you fall on your face. Shit. And and, and ain't nothing wrong with it. Bro, it'd be days where I come home, man, I pour a drink and I just say like this, hey, God, look, man. I feel like I got to serve my purpose on earth, man. If you want to strike me down, go ahead and do it now. (laughs) All right? If you want to pull me while I'm asleep, go ahead and do it now. It's easy. And honestly, it's acceptable. It's okay for you to give yourself a pity party because we always sit back and we talk about how we don't acknowledge our feelings. But then we say, in that exact same tongue, we say to ourselves, don't dwell on the negative. No! Dwell! It's part of the process. It's a part of the process. I got to dwell on that. But the problem is that we don't, we treating the negative like we buying the property. That's a fucking timeshare. We ain't going to be there forever. We got to get up and go. <laughs> we got to get up and go. Yeah. Like the negative is a barracks room. I ain't going to be there forever. It's not where I'm going to live though. It's okay to be like, man, this shit suck. Oh man, I don't think I can believe, believe in myself. I don't think I can do it. It's okay to do all of that. It's a problem when it's the only thing you do. Mm. That's the problem. That's why, like, you see people that don't move forward. That's why you see people that end up having them bad experiences within the military, and the only thing that they got to show for it is a bad experience. That's why. Because that's only they they never got up from the floor. They never got up. They just waited for somebody else to pick them back up. You Mm. feel me? Yes, sir. I tell you what, man, this is a beautiful place to wrap it up. But mm. with that being said, I'm going to put you on the spot like I do everybody else. And uh, I'm going to ask you the two two coveted questions. First one being, 
Uh, if there was one thing that you could change about yourself right now in the drop of a hat that would could, that could potentially improve you or your life, what would it be? If there's one thing that I can do at a drop of a hat that could potentially prove, improve my life. Mm. I would believe in myself more. I would tell myself to stay. I, you know, initially the crazy part is that the first thing that came to my mind was I would get out of the military. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest with you, I would believe in myself more and stop relying on others to believe in me first before I believe in me. Wow. That's like my biggest, bro. My toxic trait with myself. Let me rephrase that. My, my um, what's, what's that thing? Self-inflicted. My self-inflicted wound is that I don't believe in myself first. I believe I wait for someone else to believe in me and then I'll believe in me. Wow. And a lot of people don't know that. Like, like, like I, I struggle with that. Like there's days where like, I, I, I believe in me, you feel me? And then I'll move forward. But on them days where I'm not sure and I'm struggling on it, I'll wait for your approval and then I'll approve of it. It's like, if Lamont don't think I'm doing good, then I'm, I must not be doing good, regardless if I think that I'm doing good. So I would start believing in myself more. That I, I love that one. I love that one. Now, the last question is, is if there was something that you possess, a trait, uh, something that is in you that you could bottle up and give to the world at large in order to help them improve their lives, what would it be? My ability to take to take a punch, and both literal, both physical and mentally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's a it's a run on gag. You know, like now people always say, like you know, he may not have a lot of technique, but that motherfucker can take a punch, and it's very true. Like you know, I've been hit hard. You feel me? I don't been punch. I've been punched hard, <laughs> and I get right back up. You, you see what I'm saying? Net goes, get right back up into it. You know what I mean? Mm. But that's not just a physical thing for me. That's a mental thing. I've hit rock bottom so many times. You see what I'm saying? Like, I used to tell God, like, you know, there used to be days where I would sit back and I would say, man, I'm so happy I didn't kill myself today. And it's because I can just take a punch. I can just take it. You see what I'm saying? And be able to roll with it and be like, you know what? Hey, this shit suck, man, but we're going to get through it. You know, or or on them days where I can't even speak about it. I'm just like, fuck. Anything that I thought would have made me crumble, you know, like would have crumbled somebody else, I it, it hit me, but I was still able to keep going. So if I could give anybody that, that ability to be able to continue to take a punch, you feel me? Man, and I, what I will say is not just in the military, but as uh, a human being, as we start to see the suicide rates rise, that would definitely be a trait that would, you know, change the world at large. Uh, people being able to understand that life happens mm -hmm. and not saying that it's easy for everybody. But if you were capable of taking that lesson, learning from it, and then continuing to take that next step, that there's going to be growth, and eventually you get to the to the opposite end of that storm. Um, if I could, yeah. I, I you know since this is um you know suicide awareness, suicide prevention month, is it suicide prevention month or suicide awareness? The same thing, right? I don't I don't know. 
No, 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 no. Prevention is, is awareness. Is awareness it? is prevention. You have to be, to, in order to prevent it, you have to be aware. I, I'm getting what you say. I'm putting, picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so, so with that being, you know, both, both those things in his mind, I really, speaking from a person that, damn, you feel me? Like, like when, when you think about it, when you say it out loud, when you start to vo- verbalize it, it is heavy. You don't, you forget, I forget how heavy certain things are, mm. but a person that was going to kill themselves. You feel me? Like I, 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 I've walked that road, you know, I've been, I've been there and I really want to tell people it's like, you know, not, you know, thank, you know, thank you for not doing it. And I don't say, you know, cause I, I always said to myself is that suicide isn't a selfish thing. It's actually a gift to yourself. And people always looked at me crazy because you got to understand something. That if somebody is ready to take their own life, you couldn't imagine how much pain that they are actually going through. You, if somebody is prepared to take their own life, that means that they have literally extinguished every resource possible to relieve the pain that they were going through. To be able to get them to the next day, they can't, they just don't got it anymore. And this is literally the last option. This is the final step. And they decided to give it another go. You know, a lot of people, you, you know, it's like if you if you decided to give it another go, thank you. You know, thank you for fucking with us one more time. You feel me? Thank yeah. you for giving this life shit one more chance. Yeah. You feel me? And a lot of people never realize that, you know, and I, you know, I know we about to close out the episode, but I just really want to just like a lot of people don't know is that when I got to that point, right, when I got to that point and I was, um, you feel me, when I when I was like, dog, like, I'm, I'm done. You know, and I'm talking about like this was this wasn't a wave of of depression. It felt like I got caught in like a rip current, and I just I couldn't get out. And it was my it was my arrogance that saved me. A lot of people don't know that. It was my arrogance. And we always talk about arrogance being a bad thing. You feel me? My arrogance was the last thing that that <laughs> dog. My arrogance. I don't know. You would think arrogance would be at the top. Arrogance was at the bottom for me. Yeah. Because I just, I extinguished all my self-worth. And let me rephrase that. My confidence shattered. My self-worth was on empty. And at the very end, for some reason, at the last step, like I'm talking about the next exit is suicide. But but arrogance was the exit before that. It had a little gas station off to the side. Arrogance was the gas station. You feel me? Arrogance was the gas station. And as I was getting ready to like, I had to stop at the gas station. And of arrogance. And you know, tell you what I was thinking. How would my eulogy go? How would my funeral go? It was the idea of how my funeral would have played out that kept me from doing it. Because I didn't want people to be at my funeral that I didn't fuck with. I didn't want people to think that. I didn't want people to tell a story that I couldn't tell. I didn't want, to pe- I didn't want people to give a side of a story that I couldn't attest to. I didn't like how my funeral went. I didn't like how I was being portrayed. I didn't like how my life would end. And it was just the overall, like, and and at some point, it was like this last bit of, like, love for myself that I had found. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't even do it. I'm going to go pull me a drink real quick. Yeah, I'm going to go pull me a drink. I can't can't even do it. Can't even do it. God damn. Like, realizing it, like, like, I was like... Damn, man, because these motherfuckers go in here and say some wild shit at my funeral. I ain't going to be able to sit right. <laughs> I, ain't gonna be, I ain't, ain't, ain't going to be no rest in peace. I can't rest in peace. 
you know, and it was my arrogance. Hmm. My arrogance saved me, you know, and I don't know what stopped, you know, other people from doing it. You know, maybe it was family. Maybe it was just realizing that they just didn't want to do it. You, you know what I mean? But and just like that, another extraordinary thought left this ordinary mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode half as much as I enjoyed making it. Stay tuned Mondays and Fridays. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Meech Speaks. Once again, that's Meech Speaks. Meech is spelled M-E-E-C-H. Don't forget to share this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, follow this podcast, pass this podcast to somebody because this podcast was dedicated to helping everyone become a better version of themselves, even though I don't know what that type of version is. I just know that you can be better. Lastly, don't forget to grab your copy of The Extraordinary Thought from the Ordinary Mind available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. I think there's an electrical copy. You know what it is. Stay hungry. Stay motivated. I'm out.